Oh my indeed. Welcome back everyone to the Sports Bits podcast with Moco here to talk about all things Boston Celtics and the playoffs. And I mean, that's mainly all we're going to talk about today because uh, there's some big news as of Wednesday, June 23rd. We're going to jump right into it. Ime Oduka is hired for the Celtic to be the Celtics next head coach. I'm really hyped for this. I mean, my little note thing is that Chauncey Billups, I prefer Chauncey Billups, but he's actually looking at the Trailblazers job. So we're definitely not getting him, but Emo Doka, a really good assistant head coach. He's been uh, the current assistant for the Nets. We should know about that. Before mm-hmm. that, he was the assistant for Brett Brown on the Philadelphia 76ers uh, staff. Then also he was a seven-year assistant with Pops at uh, on the Spurs from 2012 to 2019. And also he has NBA experience as a role player in the NBA. So that's his little resume. First, I want to get your all's thoughts on this Emo Doka hire as like a, a person who's not a fan of the Celtics. Anyone can start. I mean, for me, like, I just don't really know enough about him as a coach to, like, have enough of an opinion on him. But he seems like he would be a good fit for what the the Celtics are going for. I mean, it's pretty much, like, I don't want to, like, kind of, like, approach on what Brad Stevens has done. But, like, it's kind of like a Brad Stevens carbon copy. I mean, Brad Stevens was brought up from the same, pretty much the exact same way and was like carried by pop to like, you know, be the assistant coach that he was. And then later the head coach that he was. So like, hopefully the same thing will happen, if not better, but like, I just don't know enough about him, but he seems like a good fit for what the Celtics need. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I don't really know anything about him. All I know is that he was assistant on the Nets. Um, but based on the resume that you just gave, I think he's definitely going to be a good fit. I think any coach that works with Popovich is definitely going to be a solid coach. They're going to be knowledgeable about the game. And you said that he has some NBA experience, so hopefully he can bring that to the table, even though it's just as a role player. Well, apparently a quote that Brad Stevens actually handpicked Ime Odoka, like right after he heard about the Chauncey Billups news, he just mm-hmm. like, all right, we got to like rush, rush in and get Ime Odoka. So I think that's a good sign that Brad loves Ime, Ime Odoka. And also another thing that a little worries me that about Ime is that or Emo is that uh or yeah, actually Ime, yeah. Ime is that he was the assistant with Popovich. And you think of how Popovich runs his runs his team. He doesn't like to take threes. He's a very classical guy when it comes to the NBA. So hopefully he's not stuck, he's not like Pop stuck in his ways. Like hopefully he can adapt to the new modern NBA, especially with the young guys who are more, you know, I guess tailored to the modern NBA. So hopefully he can game plan around that. And I mean, like his, his resume is pretty good. He was on that champion 2014 championship team uh, on the Spurs with Pop. So that's a good sign. And also he's with the, with the Nets, a Nets organization, you know, handled the three superstars really well. And also, I don't really know how much he is about developing talent. I hope he's like good at that because we have a lot of young players. So hopefully with the, maybe a young energy as a coach, he'll be able to bring that. But I mean, that's like my main little thoughts and concerns. I'm not really, I mean, I like it. I mean, I prefer Chauncey Billups, but that's just, my little take on that. I mean, I'm not surprised that um, Brad Stevens picked May because they realistically they probably worked together as assistant coaches at one point during their careers. So I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if like they their paths crossed and they ended up kind of uh, bouncing ideas off of each other for playbook ideas or something like that. You know. So um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, seems like a great pickup. Um, good for the Celtics. Hopefully, they'll do a lot better than they did this season. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, if Brad Stevens, you know, handpicked him, he's got to be a good guy. Uh, definitely going to be a solid coach. Uh, I don't think that 
I don't know. You were saying that hopefully he's not going to be like Pop, where he's very old school. I don't think he's going to be like that at all. Um, I mean, yeah, coaches are adapting to the modern NBA now. You know, you got to take threes. It is what it is. And they have, do the Celtics have good shooters? So I'm sure he's going to utilize it. So honestly, I don't think that he could do anything that would like mess up the Celtics chances of becoming, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe a season or yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last thing I want to know before we move on to a little bit of fun, more fun news. Oh, what's up? I was just saying like definitely a playoff team for sure. Yeah. A yeah. uh, little last thing uh, before we go on to a little more fun news that we were <laughs> previewing earlier. Um, apparently Woj said that Emo um, Doka had experience with team USA and that's why he got like some like referrals from the guys who played on team USA, like Tatum and Brown. So mm-hmm. I guess that's probably why he got like, you know, good, a good, you know, vibe from the players. That's also why Brad seems hired him. So, that's a good news that the players like Emi Odoka. That's a good thing. But again, my concerns are about his previous coaching hire, like coaching tenures and what he's going to bring to the table from that and all that. But yeah, I mean, that's really it. I mean, unless you guys have any final comments and before we get on to the uh, Caruso news. <laughs> so, all right. Next thing. Uh, Alex Caruso got arrested by campus police at Texas A&M. The mall cops. Mall cops. got arrested by mall cops. No, that's worse than a mall cops. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Campus police. Oh, my God. I, I mean, like I, I told you guys before we even started, like when I saw the news originally, I thought it was a joke. Like I straight up thought it was like some kind of meme or something. Right. And I thought it was hilarious. But um, yeah, then I started like a Woj tweet about it. Stephen A. Smith was talking about it. I was like, OK, like this is legit. Um, I think it's hilarious, honestly. I, yeah. I just think that it's so funny because um, I don't know. It's like depending on your opinion of weed or whatever um it's just a funny thing to me especially happening in texas of course yeah um, you know at his alma mater like i don't know it's just <laughs> i feel like you just can't make something like that up you know like I, I the first thing that i thought i was just like how insipid can you be <laughs> oh insipid like, that's a good word <laughs> yeah like how stupid are you to go back to your own campus and just have a bunch of weed on you like i i heard uh, that it was um i think like the specifics was he was gonna catch a flight out of college station which is what texas a&m is um and yeah they're like the tsa people or whatever found it and i was like bro like anyone who has like a, a an avid stoner like figures out ways to get weed onto a plane you know what i yeah. mean like it's, it's not difficult like you know the tsa aren't exactly great at their job so wait. i don't know what happened with them so wait is it tsa or is it is it texas a&m police i don't know which or campus police which which, which can, it says he got like booked by the texas a and police so like his mugshot and like wherever he was like booked was from the texas a&m police but from what i understood based on what i read is i think like they called the police while they were at the airport or something like what? that. What? And I guess campus police showed up or whatever. <laughs> well, the thing is that if you said that he was flying out of College Station, that's based in or near where the campus is. Yeah, because therefore that like their TSA would probably include a bunch of campus police as well. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of it. That's just I mean, what I gathered from it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of dumb. I laughed. That's yeah. all I want to say. I laugh because look at Caruso, man. He looks like that um, the reject frat right boy, here. reject frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what vibes I get from from Alex Caruso. I don't know. I get like a forty year old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> That's him, man. Either either one. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really, I didn't, I just wanted to bring that, I guess, I guess Reed and I wanted to bring it up cause we were talking about that earlier. I, yeah. But, I uh, think it's really funny. Also how like no one is, um, like upset about it, you know, which is great. Like everyone's no just one like, cares. exactly. Cause no, yeah. one cares, which no one should care. It's not like you LeBron know? got caught with, with weed at, uh, at like some sort of college Akron yeah. or Did whatever. Did you actually see the tweet LeBron sent out? I don't it, know. I think it said something about like, he was willing to, um, like post bail or something for Caruso or whatever. Oh like, my God. Like oh that. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what's going to go. Jackass. On. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, but I mean, that's it. That's, uh, there's not much to say. That's kind of just being dumb. That's all I'm going to, I'll just like this gist of it. Yeah. But uh, next thing, uh, next thing that I want to talk about was the uh, Sixers and the Jazz being eliminated from the playoffs. And like, I want to hear your first thoughts on that before I like read out my little bullet points I have on that. Again, you want to take this? Well, the Sixers, I was surprised, but not uh, they, because you know, like the 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 thing with it was the Hawks played like the better team, obviously because they they freaking won. But um, you know, like the the Sixers have looked like a mess for years, and I've been saying this, and it's just like it's just showing a lot more now. The fact that Ben Simmons can't really do anything else other than pass on the on the court. Fact that Joel beats an egg and can't stay healthy, like I mean, it, their team falls apart every you know few games, and it's it's frustrating to be. I, I would imagine it would be frustrating to be a Sixers fan to watch that kind of stuff. And I believe, believe me, I know from experience because I had to watch the Suns lose for eleven years. So you know, like I, I think that it's just it's it's at their their point in time where they're a good team but they can't figure out the chemistry for it for it so that's what i have to say about the sixers um you know with the jazz hold on hold on humpty dumpty and bead is that what we're calling him now humpty dumpty and bead but uh with the with the jazz i was really surprised i thought for sure that the jazz were going to close that game out and they just played like dog shit so, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Game, that game seven was just ass. I think the one thing that I think everyone comes to the consensus through from this playoff so far is that the Shanghai Sharks next year are going to absolutely smack the league. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to absolutely tear it up with all. Yo, the give the, give the starting lineup right now for the for, for the starting Shanghai Sharks. Um, you got point guard. You got Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't even know who would be the shooting guard, but I know um, you got Rudy Gobert coming in at center, Kuzma coming in at forward spots, yeah. Joe Harris small yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a I can't think of a shooting guard right now. Oh my god, y'all are is one. Oh my but, god, um, y'all are brutal. I mean, no, in all seriousness, <laughs> no, um, the Jazz. I think I think a lot of people are kind of crapping on Gobert more than they should. Um, I think that definitely he fell apart. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, it was kind of like, all right, we knew that he was not a great offensive piece. You know, he was going to be a 10 and 10 guy pretty consistently, but I don't think that um, we should have expected a big offensive performance from, from, from Oh my God. From him. Jeez. Like, I don't think we expected a big offensive performance from him. He was going to be a defensive anchor. We knew that. So I don't know. I don't think that as much should go on him, 
but definitely he he should be held accountable. Absolutely. The Jazz, I also thought they were going to close it out. I thought it was going to be like a six-game series. Um, but, you know, there were problems with Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell, I think, was out for like the first game or something. Um, so yeah, they had, they had problems. Um, and then their bench pieces just didn't come together as much in the closing games of the playoff series as they were in the opening games. Like Jordan Clarkson was going off in the first round. Um, you know, second round as well for the first couple games, and he just wasn't really, um, yeah, doing doing enough for what they needed. Um, and as for the Sixers, I don't even know where to begin with them. I think it all. <laughs> I, mean, I know exactly yep. where to begin, and it's Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> he is just. It was honestly miraculous to watch because I, I I've been an NBA fan for only about like a year and a half, two years now, or something like that, or like a big NBA fan. So I didn't know much about Ben Simmons when I came in to like the league, um, you know, like starting to watch and stuff. I was like, all right, this Ben Simmons guy seems pretty legit, you know, cause like he's a passing point. He's, he's a good passing point guard at 6'10". I was like, you gotta be like, that's going to be an absolute threat. And everybody else thought that when he first came in, you know, everyone was like, as soon as this guy develops a jump shot, it's going to be over. <laughs> not, not that guy. Apparently James always, you know, had, I never liked him has the call but yeah no a lot of people were saying that Ben Simmons all he needed was a jump shot and then he's gonna be like the next LeBron or something like that um yeah but now it's like okay Ben Simmons develops a jump shot and he'll be passable you know like yep. he didn't he didn't take a single shot in the last four games in the fourth quarter I think that that is inexcusable for a first or second option on a first seed team you know, I just don't see where that comes in. So I think definitely a lot of the problems for the Sixers come from um, Simmons, but also, you know, there some other players weren't playing up uh, exactly how they should be as well. You know, uh, Seth Curry had, you know, a, a solid, solid playoff run, but he definitely could have done more, I think, um, you know, in terms of just picking up slack that um, Simmons was dropping because Simmons wasn't taking the shots. You know, that's my problem with it is that if he was taking the shots and missing them, then I would be like, all right, you know, like, fine. They did what they did. Ben Simmons still kind of stinks, but whatever. But he didn't take the shots at all. So I was thinking like, well, someone has to pick these up, you know, and I thought that Seth was really going to be one of those guys. And he didn't play. Seth Curry didn't play bad by any means. He had a great playoff run. But I think that they needed him to step up and really pick up a lot of the slack that Simmons uh, left behind. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't know where to start. Now you, you went on a whole little yeah, Sixers like rant. <laughs> but first thing about Ben Simmons, man was a three-time All-Star and also an All-NBA. He was on All-NBA team last year and also All-Rookie. His, you know, he was a Rookie of the Year basically. His rookie year. Um, I don't know where that Ben Simmons Ben Simmons was this year during the playoffs because he did not score any points in like in the last like four games or like whatever the fourth quarter or whatever. That's that line everyone knows about that. Uh, point thing, point being, my whole like big overarching thing about the Sixers is the process over. Yes, I'm just gonna say that right now, flat out. Yes, it's, been, it's, over. it's over. I don't think it's. I think it's over this year. I think it was fine last year because Ben Simmons was, you know, again all the NBA team. It was good. And then this year he crapped the bed, and he we, went we like a, a he re regressed back in so February. exponentially downwards this year. I'm just, it was sad to see. Mm. No, but, we um, were talking about it in February. We were like, is the process over? And it was like, if they don't win a title this year, then like, yeah, it's over. Definitely. You know? And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And also this makes me happy as a Boston fantasy Philly collapse, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's it. And then also 
about the Jazz real quick. I mean, Vincent, is you you guys have already said what I what you need to say, but the uh, the Jazz Gobert is a liability outside the paint because if he has to guard any guards, they're just blowing by him. And this is the problem because they have really good perimeter defenders. Like overall, that team plays like a good unit. And then there's Gobert who cannot switch very well. Like he, at least DeAndre Ayton can switch and hold his own. You know, Zubac can hold his own. Then you then you look at Gobert who like just lets guards and, and small forwards blow by him. It's sad to see because we have like centers who are pretty decently good in the playoffs still. And then I, looking at Gobert, it's just I not fun. Have a slight uh, unpopular opinion, and. and I and I, as much as I hate this player, Draymond is right, and I don't think that Rudy Gobert should have won Defensive Player of the Year. I can't win by just shot blocking. No, I completely agree. It's especially frustrating. I mean, especially in the modern NBA. Like you think about it, like the modern NBA, a lot of the centers have adapted. At least some of the centers have adapted. Like Gobert is still in the old like ten years ago. He's still his mindset still in the ten year ago mark where you know, being in the paint was okay. Not like just being stuck in the paint. He's got to focus on perimeter defense. If he wants to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, My next little bullet point is get spider some help. Spider really needs some help outside of like Gobert. The people thought Gobert was going to be his help. Nope. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of, it's like good. I mean, I think I like the role players. I like Jordan Clarkson. I like Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich, what they did this year for what they were, you know, they, they were good role players and they shot their shots. They needed to shoot. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, that's really, yeah. Bless you. But yeah, that's really yeah, all I had to say. <laughs> but oh, one more thing, I have to give props to Ty Lue and Nate McMillan for both of their how they well they like coached up against the two of these like top teams. Nate McMillan and Ty Lue did a great job, even though how much we crap on Ty Lue, he did a good job against the the Jazz. So it shows me that Tyron Lue can actually coach a little bit. Yeah, not like, getting LeBron be, shadow. Yeah, like it might not be like he might not be like the best coach in the league or whatever, but like he's never going to win a, a coach of the year thing. But like, I mean, he's a like this is showing that he's like a solid coach and actually can like teach these guys something and like improve them a little bit better throughout the course of the season. Because like most of the time, whenever we saw Tyron Lowe, who's just behind LeBron, and we we all thought that LeBron was just puppet mastering him hella hard <laughs> puppet but, mastering yeah but like i mean I, I i i agree with you i will give props to tyron Lee. he actually did a pretty good job so far though although they are literally about to get swept by the suns we'll, we'll get into that after rico's comments another suns and four yeah <laughs> yeah another suns and four suns and four all right yeah because funny enough we we're actually going to transition into the suns clippers and bucks hawks uh next so, Suns versus Clippers, I wanted to say this before, you know, y'all give your thoughts, and especially about the first two games. Um, Woj said Kawhi might not be back for the Clippers this series if they survive, and if they, he might not be even be back for the finals if they survive that long. And then second thing, Paul is expe- Chris Paul is expected to return game three, according to Yahoo Sports. So, that does not give me hope that the Clippers are going to win at all because I'm very neutral on this, even though I want the Clip- Suns to win because I'm a CP3 fan. Like, even though I'm a, Clip- like a Celtics fan, I respect CP3. I was a fan of him since Lob City, and, you know, I want him to win a ring. So the Suns is a great opportunity for him to do that. And I mean, I feel bad for, for PG. He's playing so well. Reggie Jackson playing so well. I, I'm just I, – I mean, it's sad to see the Clippers teams go. That's all I'm going to say. Like, this te- Clippers team has fought and scratched for everything they got. Ty Lue's a great coach. It's sad to see them fall to a de- like a like a behemoth uh, that is the Suns. So it is. I think it's really sad because um, like I think everybody wanted to see 
the full, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. Everybody wanted to see all the all-stars, all the superstars out uh, on the court, you know, at the same time, and we were going to have these teams like really butting heads, um, like for what they really were, you know what I mean? Like the Nets, you know, having a couple injuries, Suns having CP3 out, you know, Clippers having Kawhi out now. It's really just unfortunate to watch. Um, so I, I don't think it should like necessarily discredit what any of the teams are doing, but um, I kind of forgot where I was going with this, but <laughs> where I was trying to go, something about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like with the Clippers. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the Clippers uh, this year because, you know, Paul George in the playoffs has started to pick it up a little bit. Um, you know, and he's by no means playoff P, but he's definitely playing way better than he was last year. Don't give me that look. Oh, he's playing better than pandemic P. Let's let's give it that. He's playing better oh, than yeah, pandemic I'll P. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, pandemic P was good, trash. He's had multiple 30-point games. Yeah. He's had good games in the playoffs. He's doing terrible against the Suns. Against the Suns. <laughs> yeah, because the Suns are a good defensive team. The Suns are difficult. Monty Williams is a great score, coach. You know, there's, there's a lot to go around. They're the best one. defensive team in the league. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're a solid defensive team. It's not, they're, they're by no means a cakewalk. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just going to be, I forgot where I was going with this again, but yeah. <laughs> sad to like, see all the stars die. Yeah. Basically. It's sad to see all the stars be out. Cause like I wanted to see like Kawhi Leonard play some lockdown defense on Booker. And I wanted to see Booker hit some big shots over him. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to see some, some solid defensive matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sons and foe. So, <laughs> Sons and foe. Uh, nah, but like on a real, I, I respect the Clippers, but like realistically, I think that Paul George is over his freaking head and thinks that he can carry this team to the finals when that's oh, just by no, no shot. Can Paul George carry yeah. the team. Yeah, not, no not, shot. Just because oh, I wasn't saying that you were saying yeah, 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 I'm yeah. just saying that no. in general. Yeah, no. He thinks no, that I, he can and he won't. Before you joined, yeah, I told Makoto this. I was like, there's no shot. Paul yeah. George can lead a team. No, no he, way. He, he can definitely have like he needs that other superstar yeah. to feed off of. Because when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both playing well, the Clippers are a dangerous team. They are. But Paul George has been shown to be one of the most, if not the most, inconsistent players in the league. Yeah. Um, and now Kawhi's out, you know, so we don't really know what's gonna happen with them. Yeah. But um I think that Chris Paul coming back game three, if he does, which I do think that he will. Um, he, that's going to be huge. We're probably going to finish the series in four, if that's the case, uh, genuinely, if not, then we're going to finish it in five is I will, I will give the respect to the Clippers that they can probably get one game on us, but like, I, I don't see it going anywhere past at max six. And I don't think that game six is going to happen. So, I mean, I'm very confident in the Suns that they'll make the finals and that they'll be fine, especially because I don't think that Kawhi is going to be back for this series. I think his injury is actually really serious and probably yeah. wouldn't be back in the finals, even if they did beat the Suns. So I, uh, I'm not, I don't understand why people are hyping that up that Kawhi is going to come back. Cause he's just not going to. They have, they've had him as day to day since he got injured, but there's why. no chance of him coming out, coming yeah. back. I mean, I wanted to say this about the Kawhi thing, because even if he does come back, he's going to be like 80%, like 70%, like yeah. the least, you know, because he's not going to be like prime Kawhi. Like if it was prime Kawhi, I'd be scared, but like it's right. not, it's not going to be prime Kawhi. So I'm not worried too much because again, PG is like really good. Like he's playing like playoff P like he should be, 
but he, he's he still has the he still has the essence of that pandemic piece still in his head that it's gonna yeah, come out sooner haunts, or later. It still haunts his dreams at night. It's, it still haunts him. So like that that one three that he took where it hit the side of the backboard that haunts him. I swear also, to God, every night he sees it before he goes to bed. And the the one thing that I will say though, in the Suns credit, because they they the the Clippers do have depth. They uh, that mm-hmm. I will give them credit for. They totally have depth. But um, you know that I loved how. Mikhail Bridges and Torrey Craig are now guarding Reggie Jackson because mm-hmm. once they lock up Reggie Jackson, he can't move the ball anywhere. And that's, that destroys the whole team other than Paul George being able to get a wide open look if, if, because you know, Paul George can is slippery off ball, but you know, he like one, when, when I saw that adjustment made by Monty Williams in game two, I was like, we're set. We're good. I'm not worried. Like, even though it was a really close game and, like, it did get my asshole kind of tight. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I wasn't worried. I did think that the, the Suns were going to pull out and Paul George choked the hell out of those two free throws. At no, the it was, it was sad. Ridiculous. That would have iced. They would have won game two if, if he yeah. made those free throws because they would have done DeAndre Aiden still, like, to the lob and, you know. Like I, I think you admit that I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to assume you admit that if, if yeah, Paul George didn't didn't pandemic pee himself for the last minute, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, brick two free throws. Like, come on, you got to at least make one. That's 50%. what I was saying. 50%. I was like, if you made one and send the game into overtime. Like, I'll give you credit there, but yeah. you brick both. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think. I, also, I think. Also, the Suns fans are really getting into it now. Like, I think I've noticed that they, they're starting. Like, the Clippers are starting to feel it a little bit from the fans. Yeah. I think the Suns. This is the first time the Suns have had a real chance for the finals, and they're gonna like pull all the all the fans are gonna pull all the stops. Oh yeah, to no, get everybody there. is ready for that. They've been waiting. You you guys have been waiting for this moment. Yes, I've been waiting for this moment since yeah. two thousand seven. Yep. When they should have won the, their first. <laughs> Actually, they should have technically won their second championship in 2007. Sorry, I'm going to go on a rant for a second. They yeah. should have won their second championship in 2007 because in 1993, Charles Barkley should have won that championship against Jordan, but that didn't happen either. So yep. I'm pissed right now. And I want this championship badly. <laughs> Honestly, good no, the arguments. Suns definitely deserve it. I mean, they've been yeah. playing. So they're like, they're red hot right now. They are. They are. I got they've flashbacks played. last night of Booker nose looking like Nash's did in 2007 oh oh yeah that was crazy yo mass booker coming out for game three like Kobe LeBron and and I forgot I think like Richard Hamilton all pulled out game three masks and they all they all popped off so my thing about that speaking of the Kobe mask what are we thinking about these Kobe Booker comparisons because I my, my opinions I don't think it's fully set to be like the exact like oh it's like he's the next Kobe no I think he's really good. He's he his play style is like Kobe. Look look at his jump shots. He his hang time is basically Kobe. And I'll also mention, look at his shoes. He's worn Kobe like sevens, like the purple Kobe sevens every game since game one in the NBA. I think that's where he gets and also I think he was mentored by Kobe like when he was younger. So I see I see a lot of Kobe in him. I just want to see him more and I want to see more playoff experience with him. That's what I want to see. Cause I think if he gets more playoff experience, that proves his Kobe status. I think that's I what think- I'm gonna say. I think that well, in in slight agreement with you because I I do believe that he's getting he's getting there. I think that this is the start of seeing flashes of Kobe. Now I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he is Kobe. Book, yeah, book is in <laughs> book is by no means Kobe whatsoever. No. But 
but they have a lot of similarities. This is the exact same thing that happened with Kobe and Jordan. I think that it's a, I think it's a similar case that they play very similar styles. Therefore, you can compare them a little bit. Now, I don't know if Booker is going to have the same exact insane numbers that um, that Kobe had certain seasons, but you know, it's it's possible. I mean, this is this season was Booker's highlight to change into the next level of player that he's going to be. And, I think that next step. You know, yeah, that next step. I mean, I think he. I think he's only. 23 mm-hmm. i want to say maybe that's why i don't want to make any any immediate yeah. jumps yet not yeah, like Stephen so, a smith who's like an absolute idiot saying he's basically kobe now i'm like no, no yeah yeah no. no but like yeah i think he's like 23 or 24 if i'm if i'm correct and um you know he's like he's still on his way to his prime he's not even in his prime yet so like i'm curious to see these next couple of years to see how far he goes same thing with ayton and I know that a lot of people have been also thrown out there that it's very Kobe and Shaq comparison for Aiton and Booker. <laughs> now, I, again, I also don't think that Aiton is Shaq either, but I mean, we're seeing a big step that he took this season. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, again, I'm curious to see how he does and improves in the next couple of seasons. So, you know, we'll see how their dynamic works and how that big two, big three keeps going and, Hopefully something big comes out of it, especially this season, because that would be amazing. Yeah, I think Booker's definitely on the right track right now. Um, in terms of like the exact Kobe comparison, I think I, I definitely agree with you guys. Like offensively, we see flashes of it, but um, Kobe was also like a great two-way player. You know, we don't we don't see the defense from Booker, yeah. um, which is you know fine. You know, he's not known to be a defensive guy. We know that. Right. Um, so I think that that step that definitely separates them. Um, but offensively, yeah, I mean his jump shot, his moves. I mean I think there were I, I saw a couple clips um, where Booker, um, like Kobe was guarding Booker, and like the first move that Booker went to was like Kobe's um, like low post fade. You know, like he literally used his move on him. You know, um, so like definitely, um, you know, Booker has offensive flashes of Kobe for sure. Um, I think that also he's going to have to I I don't know exactly what his mentality is in terms of like how, you know, like driven he is. I can see that it definitely has come up so far. But, um, you know, I think like in terms of Mamba mentality, uh, he definitely I think needs like a couple more years playoff experience to get there but sure. he's definitely on the right track right now. And he dropped 70 points as a 20 year old, you know? So like, he's only going up from here. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last thing I want to like give a like thing. I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, James, but uh, Devin Booker is very calm and like, like very collected when it comes to being a, like, like as a player and like a, as a leader, like he, you know, like after they won game one, like, all right, we won on to game two type of deal. Like that's his mentality. I'm like, I like that from a player. I do not like guys who boast around and like get all cocky and then they lose the next game. I like guys who take it. Yeah. Y'all not finished. I think that was that his quote? Because I don't remember. I think that was what Kobe said. That's what Kobe said. And I'm assuming that's what he's taking his mentality for this for the series is we're not finished yet. Our game's not finished or whatever. Mm -hmm. Point being, he's not Kobe, but I think he has flashes. So I want to spend the last, I guess, five-ish minutes talking about the Bucks versus uh, Hawks because actually that first game is tonight. So did not expect either one of these teams. I mean, I expected the Bucks, but you know, less 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 of the Bucks than you know, eat both of these teams because I thought the Nets and Sixers maybe. I don't know. Point being, 
these two teams are in it. What are our first thoughts? And like, who do you think is going to win? Because this is, I did not expect this at all, especially the Hawks to be here in the final in the Eastern Conference finals. Right. So I, I, uh, I think the Hawks, oh, James, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, you got that. All right. Um, I think the Hawks are going to be in for a rough series. Um, we've seen that um, they can still pull out the win when Trey Young doesn't have a good game um, or not even not a good game, just when he's not scoring to the level that he usually is. Um, I think game seven, he was like five for 20 or something like that. I don't know exactly, yeah, exactly it was bad. but it was bad. Um, but they, you know, they still ended up with the win. Um, so I think that Giannis and Drew Holiday are going to give the Hawks offense a lot more problems than they're anticipating. Um, and I think that they're like really going to hold them to some low scoring. Um, and like we saw Kevin Herter kind of go off in game seven against the Sixers. I don't really see Kevin Herter going off against the Bucks if they play, if they play good defense on him. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, Bogdanovich on the Hawks, you know, has hit some big shots. So we'll see how he plays. Um, but I think Drew Holiday is going to give Trey Young a lot more problems than Trey is expecting. Um, just in terms of, you know, how much he's going to play up on him. He's going to check him, um, like, you know, really tight. Uh, Trey Young's going to have a really hard time getting around him, pick and roll. Uh, Drew Holiday fights over those screens, you know, so their pick and roll is definitely going to be, um, uh, uprooted a little bit. So I don't know. I think the box, the bucks are going to give them a lot of problems defensively. Uh, and I think that honestly, a lot of this series is going to come down to how, um, these teams play defense against each other. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, like, I do see the Bucks winning this series, um, mainly because the Hawks are a little bit beat up right now. Like, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich, and Capella, I want to say, are, are, like, a little bit injured. Fact check me on that, Makoto. Um, oh, who is it? It was uh, Bogdanovich, Herter, and Capella, I think. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that that's going to be a big factor in the Bucs uh, winning. But I will say that, like, keep your eye out for the Hawks because, like, they are a true dark horse in this. Yeah, I'm not they, saying count them out. No shot. Yeah, and they definitely can sneak out, you know, a seven-game series with them and beat them. You know, I mean, we saw that with Philly. You know, mm. a, a lot of people thought that Philly was going to win. So, I mean, it, it's just uh, – it's just it's it seems like it's the Hawks season right now to make a big run, but we'll see if their run stops here or if it keeps going. So I mean, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a toss up, but I would say that the Bucks are pretty confidently favored right now. But even if yeah. the Hawks do lose in the conference finals, I think that they should definitely be proud of what they did this uh, yeah. season. Yeah, right. They, they played so well this season. No yeah. one expected them. To go this far at all? Um, no one. Not even us. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, they played the played the the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks. Okay. So like, I was gonna say, no one expected them to come this far, which no one did. But that no. so the Knicks series was, you know, iffy. Probably, you know, Hawks come out on top. I think, you know, that was like 50-50 ish or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I don't think anybody really expected Philly to lose to the Hawks. Yeah. Um, and the Hawks to beat Philly. They really have just done a great job of everything they've bought the role players out um trey young as much i don't really like trey young but when he's not scoring he's playmaking um and you know he hits his free throws he always hits big shots so definitely hawks are gonna 
Uh, this is going to be a good series, I think. You know, Hawks don't count them out. No shot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. I just wanted to fact check you, uh, James. So the injuries currently are Bogdanovich with the knee injury, and then we have Kevin Herter with an ankle injury. They're all day to day, and then uh, Hunter out for the season. Then Cameron right. day to day with an Achilles. That's what so, I mean. yeah. so I mean, my there little quick up. thought. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're injured, and then my little quick thought because they're one and one in the regular season, so they have the ability to win against each other. That shows a sign. Second thing is without I think without the switching ability of Hunter. Bogdanovich and, and Reddish, it's gonna be a lot hard. It's gonna be hard to guard Giannis. And I think if they play Giannis at the five, he's gonna bully like John Collins. I don't think John Collins would traditionally guard fast, big guys like Giannis. So he's just gonna bully like Collins and, and even Capella in the paint. So I'm really leaning towards the Bucks, but if Trey Young somehow just dominates Drew Holiday or whoever guard they put on him. It, it could be like a like a like a like a flip flop, you know, like Giannis dominates Collins, but then Trey Young dominates on the other side of the of the court. So it could even out. You don't know, and then it's just up to the role players to you know pick up their slack and be able to play well. And I think the thing, the advantage the Bucks have against the Hawks, I'm going to wrap this up because we have less than a minute. They Middleton is there to help back up Giannis. Yeah. Who is there to back up for the Hawks? That is like a big name. You think about it. Just you know, put that as a little thought. You know, a thought bubble for your head, but. My thoughts, Bucks in probably six. I actually give Hawks about two games, honestly. They're playing really well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, I'm going to close it with that because I have like, we have like 30 seconds. Do y'all have any last minute things before we uh, close it out? Suns in four, uh, four. Bucks in seven. I uh, bet. I think, I think it's going to be a seven game series, Bucks and Hawks. I bet. All right. We'll see y'all next week with hopefully some more, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the injuries and we'll also see what happens with the series. So, until next week, boys, peace.